Hey everybody, this is Elise and John Gibertatios. Why did I say my last name? Stupid. Because who can say John without saying John Gibertatios? But this is the Elise and John Gibertatios show. Yeah. And this is our one year anniversary episode. Boom. Blah, 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 blah. That's right. That's right. And in this episode, we get into it. So we really break down what it's like with uh, Lisa's new position, new role as pretty much the um, uh, Lord of all things to come for Portland <laughs> Improv. Um, and we talk about what's up next in the future. We also kind of break down projects we have coming up a whole lot of this that mishmash we reflect on the last year not not only of this podcast but in general for ourselves and for the improv community and we talk a lot about you know what do we think is gonna happen for us going forward in improv we might even talk about david hasselhoff oh yeah we won't but stay tuned yeah it could happen Right. So I noticed that it's been a year since this podcast premiered. So that makes this our anniversary show. Woohoo! Yes, yes it does. One year. And right before we started recording, uh I told John to shut up and hold that thought. <laughs> so that we can bring this onto the show. Because you were just saying, John, that yeah. you have recently found yourself um, really wanting to reflect over mm. the last year. But everybody else wants to move forward. And then that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, it's mm-hmm. been about exactly one year. Boom. Since we yep. did this. Yep. A little over. A little over. I mean, we started working on it over a year ago, right? But the first episode aired on October 25th, 2020. Yep. Today yeah. we are recording. It is November 22nd, but it's about yeah. a year. And wow, have things changed. Wow. Have they changed? <laughs> They've changed a fuck ton. I want to hear more about your your reflection feeling versus everybody wanting to move forward. Though. I guess it is a little disturbing. That's what it is. It's a bit mm-hmm. disturbing. Give it a little bit of a, hmm, what's going on here? And then also realizing like, Nobody wants to, like, look in the mirror and face themselves. That's a scary thing. You know, I also understand that, you know. But uh, we did just uh, get out of a pandemic. Uh, what happened to the whole George Floyd up, you know, and no laws. In fact, it's gotten kind of just shittier and shittier. I think that what's happening is that now uh, these, like, injustices are just becoming more mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. People weren't. Every single time that there was a court case that was public, the comparisons and the injustices weren't, as far as I saw, as mainstream as they are now. Correct. It's just becoming part of the norm, almost, the wildness. There it is. There it is. The, the, um, The other thing, too, is like, this isn't new. That's the part about it that makes me really want to reflect, is this is like a very... Similar cycle, you know, we know this um, and it's just kind of it's sad when you're in a cycle and you feel helpless watching it. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about, you know, I know know, that feeling in so many ways from just 
the rioting to to uh, oppressing, exploiting, um, cancel culture, never really being accountability, just a, another trendy thing, you know, which is like what, you know, the media would do back in the day or people would just like run with stories and it'd be all just for like virtue signaling. So pretty much I'm just basically saying like right now, it's just very convenient for people to feel like, well, we did the work because we talked the mm-hmm. talk. Remember, we made the post. We wrote about it. Remember, uh, we marched. Remember, we did all that giving of mutual aid. Remember, we voted. Remember, we did all all the petition signing. Remember the zooms. That was <laughs> you about remember the zooms? racial justice. <laughs> there were so many we zooms. We did it, y'all. We listened. We we fought side by side and looked. Kyle Rittenhouse got off, and it's not right. But you know what? What can I do? Right. And I get it. We also live in a space where, guess what? The stakes are just not high enough for folks. It ain't. The feet, the, the, fire, the fire is not close enough to the yeah. feet for them to really, like, believe that they need to mm-hmm. act. There's no why. Who cares? In fact, in some cities... It's encouraged that they just silently move on some of the racist things. It's, you know, it's very common now to just see this sort of thing where mm, we don't mess with this theater because why? Well, they did a thing and it didn't really get fully resolved. What do you mean it didn't get fully resolved? Well, let's just say it was tense. It was, But meanwhile, the whole time they're talking about like they were racist. They tried to apologize and fumbled along the way mm-hmm. and did more harm. And in, and in turn, they never really took accountability and in fact they just evaded all of it as yeah. much as they could and then now they're back to work and things are just what they are that's what people mean like oh i don't know i think mm, they did some weird stuff what is it that's weird so my argument is when i'm reflecting is right now i'm noticing the trend of people just being loosey-goose with their language oh just general speech uh, and i'm like i'll say hey what's with the anti-blackness in xyz people go Oh, people of color are, are well respected. I don't I didn't say people of color. What did I say people of color? I said black. What is with you know what I mean? They're not encoding things that not encoding them. Let's reflect on that. Why are we not acknowledging what's in plain sight? Yeah. Let's continue that work. Chop chop. I was just reading this morning. I read I have I have these uh books that I'm reading that are amazing that they are they're kind of about codependency in general like societal codependency individual codependency it's very very, very interesting and very cool and um just uh, Al-Anon uh it's not Al-Anon but she but but she definitely is somebody who works in a lot of Al-Anon and and um absolutely and ACA, right so um yeah. I see y'all hoorah you mean you what? see us <laughs> I see <laughs> yeah. us I see us. I see us all day. day. Uh, So, so the one of the things that I was reading about in last, like last night and this morning, which I was like, oh shit, like this is everywhere, is just the stages of grief. And grief doesn't have to necessarily mean somebody dying, but like the stages of grief of like we're grieving, or some people are grieving what they thought was their normal life, and uh, what they thought was the world, what they thought was the state of the world and the state of society, the state of their communities and state of their happiness. And now, um, 
what you're just describing is sounds like the, the negotiation part of the stage of, of the grief process, right? So it's there comes exactly, exactly first that. is denial, then is anger, then is Absolutely. that negotiation, right? So denial was before the pandemic. Anger was like, all right, we're right. going to go out. We're going to go into the streets. We're angry. We want to blame, 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 which is fine. We need, we yeah. need that. We need a level of that, right? Um, we need to start yeah. tossing blame around just to see like who actually is to blame and who's going to take that on, right? And you got to expect it. Yeah. You got to expect it. Yeah. And and then there's the negotiation phase. And it sounds mm -hmm. like exactly what you were just saying, like trying to negotiate like yeah. that the nuances and trying to negotiate and make it more comfortable, which is also has its own value as a phase. So um, yeah. as you're talking, I kind of feel hopeful. <laughs> In a really twisted yeah. way, because it just sounds like, oh, wait, we're moving through the stages of grief. We're moving through grieving right. the utopia that a lot of people thought existed. That's that's right. Now, let me take this uh, down to a specific. Mm -hmm. All right, here's what it is. I, I am negotiating. However, here's the lens in which I am negotiating in this context. If I know who the most vulnerable improviser is from my vantage point, whom I believe would be a disabled, black, trans, queer, uh, you name it, right? Like that would be a person whom I would want to imagine next to me as they walk through the space, mm -hmm. as they are cast on a team, mm -hmm. as they perform in a show. Would they feel safe, taken care of, at home, at peace? All the things that you want to feel when you're doing a good show, like when you're doing this art, yeah. like all the things you want in a good partner. Would they have that provided? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not right now. Yeah. I can't say that. Not a nope. And along nope. those lines, exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up because mm -hmm. I recently had an experience where mm -hmm. I realized how ill-equipped I am, how ill-equipped everyone is. Uh, yeah. I led a BIPOC jam here in Portland. We'll get into Portland in a little while. Ooh. But I led a BIPOC Ooh. jam and um, I had three indigenous folks show up. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And I was yeah. so happy when they arrived because I was like, holy crap, I'm so glad you're here. And then I realized, yeah. holy fuck, I'm so ill-equipped to take Why? care of you. Because I've never been in an improv space with indigenous uh -huh. folks until that moment. Yeah. And wow. that makes me wonder, holy crap, you know, like we're all out here being open and wanting out, you know, most of many of us are out here being like, come, come play with us. But when you're doing that, how safe is your space for that person? Are you doing it for yourself to say, oh, we had, we had, you know, people here. We had a huge diverse group here. That's one thing to have them present. Another thing is, do you know how to take care of them? That's it. And and do you know how to be around difference? Different and if can you just be yeah. around something different? If you can't, yeah. That's whose problem that is. It's yours. Right. It's not on them. Right. That you're uncomfortable. That's on you. Your job is to make them look good. Exactly. This is the one art form where it is your goal is hopefully to make them look good. And if you can't do that without feeling this sense of uh, sensitivity and just like this feeling of like, oh, I don't want to do any. You just overwhelmed with like guilt or or yeah. victimizing them. You know, that kind of like thing. That's that. What place is that to, of joy to spring from? Yeah. There's no joy there. Yeah. 
and the pity, the pity vibe. Ugh. Again, it it, pull, it pulls me back into that space of like, uh, we're gonna be working on this for a long time, and I think and and yeah. the stages of grief. So, what in terms of what I was referring to in terms of the stages of grief, the whole point yeah. of each stage of the grief is to get you to the place of acceptance, right? That's right. So, That's right. Uh, we just need to get to the place of acceptance as fast as possible, <laughs> move through these, I mean, yeah. and, and you can't, like everything in every book says you can't brush the stages, but like, like in that moment where I came to, when, when the indigenous folks showed up and I was so happy at first, and then I realized, oh my gosh, do I have the tools to hold the space safely for them as the host of this, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's the moment where I'm like, I don't have the tools yeah you do no but yeah, but really do. i don't i don't have the education i don't there's a lot of things that maybe i say that i don't know that it, that might be rooted in something that's colonizing you know like i don't know my basic presence there is gotcha. you know is in a theater that's colonizing the space because we're all colonizers somehow you know we're yeah, all participating yeah, yeah, in, in yeah. that so um you know, it's kind of just accepting that that's what it is. And okay, I had that experience and I, 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 I was so, I'm just so happy that, I mean, I had that, that jam was the most diverse. I had like what, eight people yeah. there, the most diverse room I'd been in, in an improv space in my life. Well, so yeah. So what did you, what, what did you learn about yourself when that regards to like, you know, feeling like you wanted to be there, right. To protect, what did you learn that, that was like, I mean, I, I think I relearned that just being my authentic self and however that presents in that moment and being open to growing that authentic self is all that I needed to do. Um, and also making sure that I was any sort of, any sort of bystander training or bystander understanding that I have needed to come straight to the surface and be there. But really, ah. authentic authenticity is, I think, where it's at. Like, okay, my authentic self, and if I might fuck, I might say something harmful that I didn't realize, and if I do, I just need to be open to understanding that that's what I did. Yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, that's kind of like what uh, that's where we're at. But you know, I really genuinely feel like we've in improv or in the world, we've never been in this kind of place yeah. before. Yeah. We have been in some weird places historically. We've been in Martin Luther King assassination and then some sort of like weird post-racism America in the 80s and 90s. There was like this big, you know, push to have like things being like post-racial, yeah. you know, right? Everybody's holding hands. And, and then we had the Obama. It was like, oh, racism is over, y'all. <laughs> it is done. And I think, you know, along the lines with improv, and I think about performing arts in general. I believe this is the closest that we've been to having adults kind of share this art form expression from a multitude of different backgrounds collectively. What I mean is globally, you have performers constantly now doing the Zoom thing. Whether or not you love the show, that's uh, who cares? Throw that out the window. What the argument I'm presenting is when have we had people from around the world play mm -hmm. in such an intentional way? I'm not talking about playing video game. I'm not saying meet up and do like crochet on, you know, the internet. I'm talking about come together, <laughs> grown ass adults, open their computer and say, hmm, I want to do make believe like I was a little kid, yeah. but this time with somebody in Chile. Let's go. Click, click, we click. all just need to have like a big ass collective hide and seek. Like, 
We're gonna, we need to start yeah. meeting in the park and just playing adult-ass hide-and-seek. And here's where it's at. Because you have that knowledge that that is happening simultaneously while everybody is being exploited, the world is, the earth is being exploited, you have joy happening in these little pockets. So for me, my brain is puzzled. How, in one instance, can adults make the conscious choice to want to enjoy each other, but at the same time, have 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 the inability or the the blindness or whatever to ignore their humanity in other in other ways I, it's just a lot it's a lot to it we just never been in this place like this it's crazy yeah it's disorienting for a lot of us and we have to i need to ground myself and by grounding myself that means i need to reflect how did i get to this point how do we get here what were the events that caused us to get to this? Because I'm not about to just allow this thing to just continue without my own self feeling have have an, uh, a great understanding. So it's 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 like making sure that the world isn't gaslighting how you feel. Yeah. Yes. So it's like the reflection of like grounding yourself in the reality of what's happened because having Weba. having that sense of like I just want to move forward is a privilege. Yeah, it is. I mean, I will say that after all of this that's happened in the last couple of years, I've definitely learned how to put language to why I'm tired all the time. And this is like on a on a societal nice. and very personal level, right? Like it's just been an opportunity because of reflection to just kind of like yeah. we got to stop and watch what was going on more. Then I think the people that yeah. were unaware of like their privilege, right? Like I think they got slapped in the face with the reality that's been existing around them. And we, it was like yeah. a television show for us to just be like, watch everybody else unravel. But I gained a lot of language and a lot of insight into how I engage in the world. And that's definitely yeah. helped me be able to take care of myself more. Which it sounds yeah. like is exactly what you're talking about with this reflection. Yes. Like the reflection is, wait a minute, let me pause because it was very clear last year that, you know, a lot of people were validated in their own experiences in, in, during the pandemic, right? Like, oh, right. I haven't been completely out of my mind this whole time. These things that I've seen and known are true. Again, I used to always call myself the squeaky mm -hmm. wheel, like in the spaces that I was in because I would call things out and then it would, mm -hmm. it would sound like I was the only person that saw it. So the last couple right. of years, I think for a lot of people, um, and especially for oppressed communities, have been validating in many ways. Yeah. And now the problem is that it's it's out there, and now we're having to watch it happen anyway. But at least we have more language, and we we've, yeah. we've we're being little less gaslit because there's more, right? Like media, at least. Here's what's crazy: people now, though, the scary side is people have good friends whom they've known. BIPOC have white friends now because everything's a little bit different. The white friends might feel a little more comfortable yeah. to want to build that relationship with their working artist, you know, comrade, mm -hmm. colleague. Guess what? Now the BIPOC folks will watch them just hit them with microaggressions and they'll be puzzled. Like, how? Not not how? just white friends. I got to tell you, like, even BIPOC friends. Yeah. Like, I, I posted the other day on, on my Instagram a, a mansplaining incident. I've had so many mansplaining incidents happen to me, like, aggressively this year. 
Uh, and you know, mansplaining has just been a part of my life in general, obviously, as a woman. Mm-hmm. But um, just like, and maybe I'm just more sensitive to them now because I'm just so over it. But um, and I posted about it, you know, in a funny way, like I always do on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And one of the my very like the friends that I love, one of very loving friends that I just, you know, he's one of my tenured friends that I've had, I've had since high school. He just wrote back to me like, you don't, you don't think mansplaining is real, right? Ah, oh, damn. Mm. And, and, but he's not, he's not white. Well, yeah, the patriarchy. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. so like all of these things, exactly what you're talking about. It's like, we're just having to come to the awareness, right? We're no longer can be in denial about like who everyone in our life is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to come yeah. to a place of accepting in order to be able to then live our own peace. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Well, that is because if you want to live outside of your sphere, if you want to be able to engage and like, you know, collaborate with other yep. like folks, you can't do that if you stay in your sphere and, and have the same beliefs. Yeah. You got to operate. You got to use a different operating system. It's like Star Trek. They had a certain ethic about how they engaged with people. You know, like, hey, oh, no, looks I like don't, I don't know, but I'm going to let you go off on the Star Trek thing. <laughs> Yo, I don't know either. I don't know. Either. <laughs> but here's what I do know. When I watched them engage in conflict, they had a certain air about them that was very humane. It appeared to be that they defended themselves. They protected themselves. But they was not out there trying to run wild and like beat their chest and try to like conquer. I never saw an episode like that. I also saw black women on there having, you know. Hold up. Star Trek is episodic? I thought it was movies. No, Star Trek. Star Wars is, is a movie. Yeah. Star Trek is a trek because they get the people with the two fingers on each side. They split their fingers. The, the ring finger, the pinky. Is that where that comes from? Yeah. This kind of thing. Live long and prosper. I thought that was just like something that we made up as kids to talk about like extraterrestrials. Okay. Well, listen, scrap the Star Trek analogy. Let's just, we don't need it. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Just let's, let's go, let's go. Who's a fiction, uh, 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 black woman author, you know, um, uh, black woman author. Yeah. Really. Maya Angelou. No, no, no. Fantasy, like sci-fi writes a whole lot. Oh, I don't know anything about sci-fi anywhere. Okay. Well, um, this doesn't, not a fruitful area, John, way to go. Okay. Back up. Um, (laughs) Let's uh, let's go. But go off, go um, off, go off mm, on the Star Trek. Finish it. It's look. If you basically, I've been reading emergence emerging strategies. Uh, you know, either way. Listen, we're gonna have to use this old thinker up here. This old noggin is gonna have to visualize the future, and in order for this old noggin to do that, to it's gonna need it's gonna need incentive. Or some uh-huh. some sort of yeah. like reason to get inspired to dream big. If you're mm-hmm. again, if the fire is not by your feet, why would you want to imagine a, a world where you know critical race theory isn't opposed? If mm-hmm. you, if you're comfortable, you don't care about the debate. But if you have you know, if you're black or brown and you're and you are vulnerable, you know the power that that debate has, and quickly it can turn this yeah. in, like society. 10 years you can have a whole new ideology embedded in here in 10 years with that debate but if you don't have any skin in that if you're white it's easy to just be like nah sounds like chatter but you know damn well was it the the southern um um, uh, confederate moms uh education where they would like indoctrine the you know the little white kids that was powerful 
you know, people feel a certain way about white racists specifically love the Confederate flag and they don't know why. But I I see people are active in dismissing these important future building, you know what I mean, debates. But we yeah. don't have the time right now. So for the people, this is the first time with a little bit of fire close to their feet. Their bandwidth is zapped. And unfortunately, now's the time we need them to care and to fight back and yeah. invest and imagine and sit back and really like have fantasies of what a cool ass future would look like that isn't centered around Eurocentric, you know, kind of like structures. Do you know how much more fun the world would be if it was yes. not censored? In? Let's because go. first of all, there would definitely be more dancing and more rhythmic dancing yes. on the beat. Oh. <laughs> oh. All the oh everybody and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be weird it would just be like this is what we do yeah this is just part of it you know in Mexico there's a part of Mexico I forgot the name of the uh, uh, but they like Afro like black Mexicans there mm. and and in part of the um that that region Oaxaca Oaxaca they do mm -hmm. these annual dances parades and it's big deal like they get down I mean you know it's not like life or death but you might just see grandma getting down you know like with you know her son and the children all the way down to the babies and they know the dances and these are like rhythmic things you know what I'm saying I'm not talking about like not some like TikTok thing I'm talking about a body roll like like you know what I'm saying? If you could do like, you know, like some sort of like spin, however, like a spiral staircase works. Imagine your spine is like a spiral staircase and you are, your hands, you know, just got to move. And they're just like doing it effortlessly, you know, just another Tuesday. And that's because they treat that stuff like it's normal and it's important. And it feels good. You need your back to get spiral staircase. You know what I mean? It's good. Really. <clears throat> okay. All right. <laughs> I got a I got a PhD. I needed okay. everybody to see what you were doing and wiggling in that chair. Okay. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> this is a this visual representation. Wiggling in the chair trying to tell us how to fucking do a spiral staircase oh, dance. No, no, okay. The Oaxaca, the Oaxaca, Oaxaca. Region, the, the state of Mexico <laughs> specific to that area. Uh, shout right, out to Oaxaca. Right. Shout I'm in uh, Portland, Oregon, and so I came over here to work with Curious Comedy Theater. I'm on a seven-month contract. I'm actually almost two months in, which sounds wild. Love it. Two and months in. Learned two a months, lot. Yeah. So much has happened in two months. Oh, yeah. A whole lot has happened in two months. So a part of what I'm doing here, I've t I have many, many roles, and part of what I'm doing here is, of course, the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion which Boom. John is also the director of diversity, blah, 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 blah. equity, and inclusion at Huge Theater. That's right. We so, took the role and yeah. we made it a position. And you know, you know that it's going to yeah. be hard work, but you don't know and realize until you're in it yeah. that yes, it's going to be hard work, but it's almost like impossible to separate how the work affects you like i can do admin yeah. like i am a lover i love directing i love producing i love just like structure things right like i love um just to make things work 
I love that. You're an engineer. I'm yeah. I'm like an engineer. I'm I'm very systematic, right? Yeah, you're a Cuban engineer. You like. <laughs> Cuban coffee, a cigar, engineering. You're, yeah. you're looking at the beach horizon. You're thinking. Exactly. You probably got a hat. You know what I'm saying? I have nice a, I definitely have an engineer hat, a, right? A Cubano hat. Yeah, okay. So that stuff, like, if that could be imploding, right? If something is imploding <laughs> in another right. way, right? Like, I don't give a shit because I'm systematic. I'm like, oh, let's fix that, right? Yes. But when it comes Same. to DEI. Oh, Oof. A small thing that it's like, it is very systematic. And my brain, again, understands like, this is very simple, folks. It's accountability. Yep. It's language. Accountability, it. language. Accountability, Ooh. language. Yes. But something about it that is so intangible for a person yeah. of color is fucking exhausting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we inherited a lot of things from uh, our folks, ancestors and direct descendants from oppression so a lot of the things that we are up against our our dna that we've inherited would be the actual devil himself we'd be staring face to face with the actual yeah you know we our folks don't they didn't have this up close to the powers you know totally so and, and they so didn't have power that, right so even yeah. the small bit of power that you come into a space with now means yeah. that you have to face more things exactly you have more power more responsibility yeah. you have way more feelings than you know what to do with because I, I know i didn't have this much feelings in a day before <laughs> doing this job. i didn't experience this many highs and lows ever and you got to maintain you got to be like you know what i'm saying your own steady hand because who are you gonna look to it's just it's you who's yeah. gonna who's gonna dei the dni or whatever it's called totally. i don't even know what we call ourselves but to be honest, this title is also not equivalent to the real work that we do. The title that we got and whatever corporate America has adopted diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. is not equivalent to the fucking the shit. To like, what we're actually a, doing. Yeah. The the name should be fucking um hero. Emergent strategies hero. Emotional like, baggage carrier. <laughs> emotional baggage carrier. Honestly, like salt of the earth. <laughs> Uh, yeah. we're like, like fucking meek. TSA for trauma for fuck's sake For and the work should be done no longer than I believe seven years max if yo you seven what? years of this I can't you... do homie homie I yeah. I am so glad that I'm here on a seven month contract not because I yeah. don't like I actually find Portland to have some beautiful amenities and all of the things yeah. I yeah. but it's not your home it's not it's my not home, home right I would burn out. I if yeah. if I didn't yeah. know that there was a finite. Because you just do the concentrated. End, right. Yeah, you're just doing concentrated, only the shit and the gold work. You're not doing the stuff that you don't. You're not doing nothing. You're not forced to do. Yeah. I'm forced to live here. Yeah, you live circumstances. You live there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've got a history. My my pride is a little tied to some of my work so that gives me a little motivation sure. in a particular way mm -hmm. um i ain't moving i'm lazy and uh, you are not lazy no but you know I, I i am pretty much just like locked in and and it it feels nice to feel like needed in a way that feels like oh i'm, I'm i can provide a service mm -hmm. but seven years is is i think just on any level I think good because once that person's done this, they need to take those 
skills and also like other people need to take in this work and serve. You know, like this is the job that people collectively people like the way we know how to do like uh, CPR. If you've like, you know, first responder, mm-hmm. you just know CPR. Like I think a lot of people should know how to do this work. I like, definitely think it should be a rotating, especially something like diversity, like somebody who's running DEI. Yeah. It needs to be a rotating position just because it's tiring. And there needs to be markers. How do we how do we highlight successes needs to be a new era that we develop? Yeah. Right? Like what are benchmarks in this racist, sexist, like historically, you know, slave owning capitalist structure that we're in? Yeah. It's it's historically that. That's the genesis. Take a look around, take a look around. It's oppression outside. Yeah. This is <laughs> the worst probably like you know like place to try to find a higher ground or some sort of morality conversation because we're our origins are trash so if if we want to really get into more like there's there's no like way to kind of like make an award feel morally good because it's like damn we shouldn't even have to but here we are we're given awards because nobody cried during a meeting when it wasn't about them so you get the i didn't get my white woman tears award I don't, you know, how, what awards do we even give? How do we, this is the imagination talk that I'm talking about. Like, this is what requires you to kind of like, but if you have to do seven months, you're just getting, look, you're doing the front line. Oh, yeah. The front line work is just gutting out stuff and it's not fun. It's demolition and that's all it is. And you know what? And here's, and I I don't want to, I also don't want to say, it is demolition, number one. But number two, yeah. there I want to give credit to the there was a committee that was put into place right before me that they did, they haven't oh, had nice. a director of DEI yet, and the committee yeah. did a ton of work, a ton of research, a ton yeah. of stuff that I'm gonna now sift through, so I don't have to go looking for it, which is great. But it is nice. me coming in as a person of color from somewhere else who is Cuba, Jeff, right? Woman of color from Cuba, woman of color, right? From Miami, but Miami is Cuba. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and coming into a place that's, place that's primarily white and doesn't have a lot of representation um, is is very tiring. And and also the way that I the way that I work is better to work with projects versus yeah. to work with anything. Just because that's just the way that my brain is. And yeah. and frankly, I'm somebody who who I don't like to have stasis. Like I don't I don't I don't want to be somewhere. For more than a year or some like in a position for more than a year or so yeah yeah um yeah stasis is not something that's good for me personally as a as a human it's just the way that my brain works um nomad yeah i'm, I'm like a brain nomad i i a don't descendant of the taino nomads yeah brain nomad i'm a brain nomad like I just need to, I'm somebody who wants to feel like I'm growing and that's just the pace that I work in, right? Like pace is another that's thing right. in terms of like accepting people's pace, which is something that right. I'm learning also in my personal life. Like I have to accept yeah. that I'm the kind of person who I go a fucking mile a minute and I that's need, right. you know, so like I need to be able to complete things because that's just who yep. I am, right? So, but having a finite amount of time here gives yes. me more energy to push harder. Yeah, right? you're focused in. Yeah, you know to push to harder. So if where if where if I knew where if I felt like I had to be here for an extended period of time, maybe I'd preserve my energy a little bit more. Maybe I would be even a yeah. little bit resentful, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you'd play a different strategy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and I, 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 I only say that is a possibility because I don't, I don't. It's unknown because it's if unknown. you didn't have a, a contract, you. <laughs> 
you might be bringing that same energy. Right. In terms of mindset, I'm able to say right now yeah. I can use up my energy because I know that I'm going to have a moment where I can sit back and relax and figure out what's next, right? Yeah, you'll have to let go. Yeah. Which is another great principle for everybody. Learn to let go. Yeah. So speaking of all of this, you're saying seven years, I'm saying seven months. <laughs> what? Yeah. How long have you been director of DEI at Huge now? I believe I just did, I just did a little bit of it, I think in 2016. Like I was just like getting it started, I think in the fall of 2016. So we'll call it uh, 2017, somewhere. 18, 19, 2021. So that's five years. Yeah. 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 So what? It's going good. How do you feel like, cause this is something that's been on my mind in general about improv. And I think that like people in careers that are like this, right. That are kind of like intangible, maybe creative careers. Oh, think about these things too. Organizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think, where are you at with improv and like, where are you at with improv? And so let's say that's two years from now, if you had to speculate, yeah. cause we don't know shit about shit. We don't know what's going to happen this afternoon, right? But like, yeah. Where, how do you, where are you at? Where are you at with improv? What's your relationship with improv these days? Oh, good question. Um, my relationship right now is because it's so closely tied to organizing. So, I mean, organizing just like on a production level. Yep. But as a result, a lot of the productions that, that I do tend to be more you know activist kind of art but mm -hmm. they don't try to be activist it just is a result so that i can't take the production side uh i can't pull that from my like uh performing side but here's where i'm at with improv i have learned improv has shown me how it showed me <laughs> look we're coming out of this lockdown so many people haven't played or whatever in a long time yeah and they have a lot of social anxiety 100 percent my 101 class this session, Rightfully literally so. every single person said they had anxiety in the check-in on the first day. I don't want to play with fear. Mm -hmm. It ain't fun to play with fear. And when people I'm playing with are afraid, I like to play with them like they are their confident self. Otherwise, it turns into a different vibe for the improv that I'm trying to create. Like, can you just like help me out here, for example? Just pick a low-status character, will you? Pick just a what? right now. A low status character, like real low status character. A low status character. Yeah, right now, like here. Hey, will you will you pass me the tea? Oh yes, of course. Yes, here's the tea. Oh, oh dang! Shoot, uh, this is real cold. Oh, let me let me warm up the tea for you. No, 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 it's fine. I just I, I just um I should I just can't believe I forgot. It's my fault. Okay, let me take the blame. You know. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you. It is your fault. It is my fault. It is my fault. So instead, right. So most people, instead of doing what you did, which was what I love, which is brilliant, is to like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, you take the blame. My, with this anxiety and everything, people go, oh, I messed up. Yeah. Oh, no. And then also, they're like watching the show like a patron. Huh. <laughs> oh, hello. What are you doing? That's you. One, two, one, two. And also they're like spatial. Look, I'm saying there, but I'm. this is me too. And I'm saying my relationship to improv right now is mm -hmm. it's in it's in it's in physical therapy, let's say. And, it, you know, and it, I like what I'm doing, like personally. Physical therapy would assume an injury. Yeah, I think that. No, for real. There's a mm -hmm. fracture within all inter, in person interactions with, throughout the world. 
Oh, when you have a virus, okay. you will you will you know do something to people collectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's just like it's not the same ease. Look at Girls Gone Wild tapes. You see the ease in which people were just like out in the world. <laughs> people <laughs> were straight the- <laughs> up titties out, man. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Even Uncle Luke right now is only on TikTok. You know what I'm <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll engage, but. But no. Nah. <laughs> and that's a true story. I did see if fucking TikTok. Uncle Luke is only on one social media outlet, something's fucked. It's, it's telling you everything you need to know. <laughs> Outside is, is weird right now. Like, what is Uncle Luke, Uncle Luke doing? Is like, I, what is Trick Daddy doing? Protecting That'll this, tell you. Just saying. They're, they're all they're, right now. They are at their house protecting their their sanity. Trick you know, Daddy have, is like, in Doral, Florida, or Elio. I don't know where his restaurant is at, uh, or he lives in Doral. I don't know. Trick Daddy is somewhere just fucking cooking chicken wings. He's like, you know what? Here's my restaurant. Eat some chicken wings. This is all we got right now. Oh my god. <laughs> so the the element that I'm I'm wrestling with aside from. Uh, how to do the art is I need folks to like speak. I'm I'm my improv relationship right now. So I'm calling on people to show up in a lot of different ways uh, than I used to need them Same. to before. And, and, and I never used to want to call people on. I just like, if you show up, that's great. But I'm now I'm just like, I got this request and I got this request. And it's also because I want to play not afraid, but also I can't do that unless I like name some of these boundaries and remove the guesswork. Mm-hmm. So I got I'm calling on people to like join me in a f- pretty focused area, but it but when they're there, I think it's really good work. I think it's uh, we're freed up, we yeah. feel good, and and I think that 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 point of showing up authentically, like I was saying earlier, like showing up authentically, even if you are a white person who has not had a lot of exposure, show up authentically and be okay with fucking up, so that we can tell you you fucked up and you can learn from that, and then we can go move forward. That's it. That's it. The sooner you accept that, the sooner we can we can all like say you're sorry. But after that moment, I'm going to need you to join the rest yeah. of the world and go to the future. And is the, the sooner you like remove yourself from being the center of that story, the quicker we can go. Star Trek reference insert here. Right. Yeah. Or no. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. not, at all, no <laughs> not at all. That's that's probably right now. Watch, you'll see. You're gonna get me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get dragged by the Star Trek community. Listen, like what? John is a phony. They're gonna drag me. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can try to watch right an now. episode. I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna try to get ahead of it right now on Twitter. Listen, if anyone is a Star Trek fan and you listen to the episode, and if you believe that what John uh, has taught Elise is inaccurate. Please write the Elise and John Show podcast okay. at hashtag Twitter. But then am I going to have to like sit through an episode where we talk about Star Trek? No, listen, I'm on Twitter right now and I'm and I'm just going to slander you. I'm like, That's Elise fine. hates Star Trek. <laughs> Elise thinks it's the dumbest show in the world. I don't even know what hashtag. it is. I, I know people are really fanatical about it, but I don't know anything about it. I'm just not attracted to sci-fi, but I know that there's a lot of other lessons to learn from Star Trek. I might, I might attempt it. I'm alone in Portland right now, maybe on a dark <laughs> night where it's cold and rainy. I will attempt 
Check your Twitter. Check your Twitter right now. Too bad I don't have Twitter. All right, fine. Where are you at? Like, what did you mean specifically with that? Yeah, let me know. Educate me. I think that your answer was was great. It was interesting to hear. It's it's interesting to hear. Um, Because I'm curious. I'm just curious to know where people's relationship with improv is at, particularly people who engage in improv in a... um, in more than just like I go to rehearsal once a week and then I go do one show. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that life where it's like, huh, I do a rehearsal. Yeah, like and people a show. just like you know show up at rehearsal. I forgot I've just about never. That. I, first of all, I've never done anything in my life that way. No, you know, like, same. I'm already here. Yeah. I'm going all the way. I, it's just like I find I feel like it's like a an illness right like i can't just fucking do something as a hobby i always go 100 i always end up teach i've taught so many things <laughs> i can't even tell you that like i literally the fact that i went to one pole dance class and ended up teaching pole dancing for fucking eight to nine years okay <laughs> yeah tells you the kind of person that i am by the way some of like that is still one of uh, probably my favorite job of all time oh yeah so now uh, uh, with that comes you know uh endings oh yes it's not that i'm i'm gonna end my relationship with improv and i said from the beginning of improv very similar to when i started when i became a lawyer and i said i don't want to do this for more than five years right from the beginning of improv i said improv is a gateway drug It's a gateway drug to what? It's a gateway drug. I feel like for me, at least for me, it's a gateway drug for expanding your life, expanding whatever you're going to do with your career. Right. And I'm starting to get to that point where, you know, I haven't done the shit out of improv like a lot of people who've traveled the world and done those things, right? Like I've traveled quite a bit for improv and I've, I've done a lot in improv. I have a fucking podcast. I'm a teacher. I'm now, you know, in staff space. I think you're talking about yourself. You're talking about yourself. This is you. Well, yes, this is me. I, but I'm not one of those people that's like gone, filled, filled passports. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, Will Luetta. Somebody like Will Luetta, Joe Bill, right? Who's like just traveled like hell. Right, right. Jill Bernard. Jill Bernard. Like everybody who's done this traveling all around the world. Stacey Smith has traveled like crazy. But um, I feel like I'm at the point where like now it's going to shift for me. It's going to shift for me going forward in the sense that like, I don't, I don't know if this is the case, but I just know that I'm going to be doing something different after this and i and i want to lean into something is telling me to just lean into like latinx and latine culture whoa yeah and i don't know what that's gonna mean but i feel like after this like what more like i've okay so after this like i've helped run a theater like here curious i'm doing a hundred million things Killing it, right? All of them, hundred million of those things getting. Killed. So then, after this, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna go to another theater and do the same. And do what? Because that's just not how I am, <laughs> you know. No, no, no. It needs to be. It needs to be refined. It's changing. And, and, it's gonna and change. Makes sense for you. You know what's right for you too. So that's what we're lucky, though. Is yeah. You know the right moves for you. So. I don't know. I think my relationship with improv is going to be very different after this. I think it will always be in my life. Ooh. I think that. Um, That's good. I think I'm meant. I, I'm 100% meant to be in a director producer role, executive production or directing. But yeah, 
because again, like my strategy brain and my structure brain is just, I love that stuff. Yeah. And I also have creativity in there somewhere. So I'm just, I'm just interested to see like what people feel like their relationship with improv is now, because it's not, it's not going to be the same for me after this, especially after all of this DEI work and all like something is telling me like, all right, all right, you did, you did what you needed to do right now. Go fill your cup in Spanish culture, which by the way, has its own fucking level of DEI and work that needs particularly with gender equality. Right. Right. But at least there I'm engulfed in a culture where there is a shorthand. Okay. Yeah. So now, yeah. Like you feel like, okay, now you can start cooking. Yeah. How? I don't fucking know. We'll see. I would love to start travel. <laughs> I, I would love to th- for there to be a strong element of travel. Okay, so we're hitting the road. You're hitting the road. Maybe. You you want to see the world. You want to see brown see, folk. You want to see... I want to see... Like I want to hear Spanish. Oh. Well, if you want to hear Spanish, then you want to be at Huge Theater tonight. <laughs> Doors open at 7 p.m. Show starts at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. $15 or pay what you can at the door. No tickets online. There will be a line. Why? Because it's the first ever Twin Cities all Latinx comedy and improv and sketch group, Latins on Ice. Latins on Ice. Vamos, Latinos en hielo. Yes, 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 yes. Wepa. What's Wepa? Wepa is. It's not, that's not a Cuban. Uh, word so I might not know the exact root of that word but it's kind of like when people are like hell yeah you know like wepa 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 que pasa mi, uh, mi amigo you know as the director of this amazing fucking talented awesome group I'm so like proud and honored we're talking we have Puerto Rican we got Cubans we got uh, Mexican we got we got biracial, like because everybody knows what that's like. Mm-hmm. There's five of them, uh, all all mixed bag of genders and and you know, f- all, from all range because Latinx people are not not a monolith. No, they're not a monolith. It's impossible. So I'm getting really cool stuff out of this wonderful group that I'm directing called Latins on Ice. They have their first. Uh, very own show of theirs a 90 minute show hell yeah because i believe they need the space to like really like you know like feel the space so it'll be intermission we'll have food it's gonna be you know like food like real like you know food food like good you know what i'm saying mexican and 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 latin x uh food it'll be there in the building and they're gonna do the second act will be swag hat so it'll just be them being real as hell Oh, let's cut to a clip of the of their show. <laughs> Latin's on ice oh. is going on right now at Huge Theater. Go check it out. I never been more proud in my life. I love it. So John, um to close out here, I got to tell you something. What's that? I'm going to see you in 2 weeks. Whoa, what? Am I in trouble? What happened? Listeners, well, what's going on? I don't know, on? but it sounds like the Elise and John show is headlining uh, Improv Festivus in Richmond, Virginia. Virginia! Richmond, Virginia! Look alive! We're coming your way, Richmond, Virginia! So, we'll see you all out there the weekend of December 10th and 11th. Listen, if you listen to this podcast, and uh, 
you will be there. Please. Oh, you uh, have friends there. Please, please, please tell Elisa and I that immediately, so we can just kind of like feel warm mm-hmm. and appreciated. We don't care if you don't like the podcast. Just yeah. say like, yeah. It's fine if you don't like the podcast. We don't give a fuck. No, no. <laughs> but also, we're hosting a yeah. BIPOC jam also that on that Sunday. So Sunday the twelfth, there will be a BIPOC jam. Yeah. Um. So. We hear that we hear that there might not be a big crowd for that, so we're trying to change that. <laughs> Richmond, Virginia, coming through. Yeah, get all your aunties, uncles from the barber shops and salons and libraries, because they're also in libraries. They're also at galas for uh, nonprofits that they believe in. Mm-hmm. They're also in their doctor's lab coat, being busy <laughs> as. Doctors, so yeah, bring them out. 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 All right, this is the Elise and John show. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Ya no vamos. Bye, everybody. Listen, this is just bonus content at the end. I want you all to know, Elise is tired. This work is hard. Elise yawned eighteen That's times in the middle of her own stories and mine, and it's okay. <laughs> this work is just really hard. So just like. For, for historical context, not only is it taxing and hard and everything else, but even just describing it in the moment and just like name all of the things is exhausting. And that's what you see here, folks, is Elise showing mm. like Elise is a real Spartan, but doesn't have to be, shouldn't have to be. But but honestly, there's no way to other other way to measure. But look at Elise is a Spartan. None of y'all could do this. None of you could. None of you could. Honestly, don't even think, don't even think about, don't even think, don't, oh, could I do it? No, 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 you could not. I am going to cut this off now. All right. I just needed to let people know. Maybe they thought, oh, this is like, you know, it's like badminton is easy. You know, maybe I could do that. No, it's not like that. No, we make it look cute and fun. It ain't that kind of party. We're tired. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Elise and John Show. We are so thankful to all our Patreon subscribers. You know who you are. We love you. Thank you. We see you. And if you want to be a Patreon subscriber and you want to be thanked in this way, you should join us on Patreon at Elise and John Show. If you are going to be in the Richmond, Virginia area, we will be there performing this December 10th, 11th, and 12. Yep, we're going to be performing. We're going to be headlining at, at uh, Improv Festivus. We will both be teaching a workshop. Each of us is going to teach our own workshops. And we're going to have a BIPOC jam on Sunday, the 12th. Check it out. Get on Facebook, Improv Festivus at Comedy Sports Richmond. We'll see you there. See you soon. Uh, alrighty. <laughs> and then. Uh... <laughs>